Welcome to the Living Parables Podcast, where we uncover spiritual truth and lessons God has given us through His Word and our own life stories. I am Nate, your host. To all the listeners tuning in the show today, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I appreciate each and every single one of you, and now let us begin. Well, I'd like to welcome you back to a brand new week, brand new episode. Last week we talked about are you a concealer or a confessor? And boy, that is such a convicting pieces of scripture. And it is something that we can base our lives on and ask, is that me? And so as we approach this week, I'm going to give you a little bit of a background as to where this episode came from and how it, how it came to be. So, I was mulling over some different ways to go with this episode, and I honestly was just at a crossroads. And the next thing I knew, I'm driving into work like I always do. And for some reason this week, I have this uh, car that's been flashing his brights at me only only when I'm around. It's it's weird. And I, I go around this lake every single morning and it, it, for several reasons. And I, I like to drive in and you got kind of some peace and serenity going and you get to see nature and the, and the beauty of God's creation. And then you got this guy who is picking on me. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so I'm finding myself getting annoyed with it. And it's not a huge deal in the grand scheme of things. But, but that's not the reason why this episode came to be. That's just a part of it. The large part of it came... On the 10th of January, which whenever you listen to this episode, you know, it's the 10th of January on 2023. So I'm in my classroom getting ready for the day and I get there super early. I'm like the second one there every single day. And it's very rare to have any type of interaction that early with somebody and I hear a knock on my door. Now, right now I, I'll just kind of give you a heads up what I was doing. I get all my work done and then I go in and do my, you know, Bible studies. So for the men's group at church, which I'm so grateful to be a part of and and to be leading it, such a high honor and privilege. And it's funny because I'm going through the book of Colossians again. And we all know that that was the first book study we did on the Living Parables podcast. So, 
You know how I hold Colossians close to my heart. So I'm going through chapter 2, just getting started. And there's a knock on my door. And, you know, I yell, come in. Because I always tell people, I am never too busy. My door is always open, although it's closed. (laughs) And so this lady who is a paraeducator comes on in. Now, this lady has been with this school for 20 plus years. She's a very seasoned veteran. Never been a teacher, but that's okay. And I used to be a para back in the day. So my heart goes with the paraeducators. They're just as important as teachers. So here we are having a conversation. And she says, you know, I, I usually go to this other person that I've known a lot longer. But I felt this morning when I was doing my devotions that I need to bring this spiritual matter to you. And I'll be really honest with you. I was blown away by that and humbled by that. I was like, wow, that, that's awesome. Thank you. And I said, what seems to be the problem? And so as we're talking, she lets me know that a new um, teacher you know, might be having a hard time that she goes in the room with. And so she wanted me to pray for her. So we did that. And as she was about to leave, I knew there was something else I needed to talk to her about. So I, I brought something up and as we were going about this conversation, a piece of scripture like just exploded to the front of my mind. Now I was in a Bible study with my father-in-law, wonderful man of God. And we were talking about how sometimes in life we can have people in our lives that will mistreat us for no apparent reason. And he said the passage of scripture So far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. And that that's what immediately shot my mind. And so I said that to her because in the past she has had difficulties getting along with other people. And it can only be the other person for so long when you have to look in the mirror and think, is it me? What am I doing? to make the situation better. And so, as we are going about this this conversation, here's what happened. I said to her, there's a lot of people in our lives that we don't get along with and for some reason they mistreat us, but I said in Romans, because at the time I couldn't remember where it was, it says, 
So far as it depends on you, be at peace with all people. Because that's really truly what it means. And she was like, you know what? I honestly never thought of that before. That, that really helps. Thank you, Nate. And then she said, have a great day. And then she took off. Now, I have not heard of the situation yet as to what fruit that bore. But God's word is so perfect. It's so timely. And it's really refreshing to the bones. It's nourishing to the soul. And that's why we need to speak the scripture. I didn't hit her with, you know, a 10-point sermon. I didn't use the thou's and the shall's and all that kind of stuff. It's just, I was there, and I, and that's what being in the Word does. It It's on the tip of your tongue. It's on the, the forefront of your mind and on, in, in the depths of your heart. And so when you speak, you speak Scripture. You speak life to people. That's what speaking grace to people is all about. That given that grace. So I haven't heard anything yet. So once I hear about that, I'll give you the update. And if I don't, well, then it is what it is. So today we'll be focusing on just a few verses. We'll be focusing today on Romans chapter 12, verses 17 through 21. And so with that, if you have your Bibles with you, please turn to Romans chapter 12, verses 17 through 21. And as you get there, since it's a short passage of Scripture, I'm going to go ahead and read, read it all the way through. And then go back verse by verse and exposit that, and then we will be done for the day. So, verse 17 says, Never pay back evil for evil to anyone. Respect what is right in the sight of all men. If possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. Never take your own revenge, beloved. But leave room for the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. But if your enemy is hungry, feed him. And if he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So now that we have read these five verses, I want you to take a look at a very, very familiar passage of Scripture, which most of you probably have already thought about. But I want you to jump all the way up to the very, very, very beginning of Romans 12. Going to verse 2, it says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good, acceptable, and perfect. Now, the acceptable word there in the Greek means well-pleasing. So, what you're reading in 17, 18, 19, 20, and 21, 
This is the practice of the transformed mind. And we're going to see that in various passages of Scripture. But let's go ahead and start with verse 17. Never pay back evil for evil to anyone. We're going to stop there. And that's not all of verse 17, but we're going to pinpoint that one right now. What does never mean? It means never. Never pay back evil for evil to anyone. Now, we know that this book is addressing Christians. So this isn't saying, don't pay back evil for evil to brothers in Christ. It means to anyone in the world. Okay? Anybody. No matter if they're even the complete opposite of what a Christian is. Even to the point where they do you harm. We are not to to repay evil for evil. Can you see how difficult that is? I mean, truly, how how challenging is that? I mean, it's very challenging. And, And what's difficult about it is it goes against every single thing that we know. Because what the world says to do is to defend yourself, stand up for for yourself, to cuss somebody out, and to get that revenge. Think about uh, think about this. A lot of videos go around today of high schoolers fighting, and they they take video of it instead of trying to stop it, and then they send it to pretty much everybody in the school, and they see it. And unfortunately, I saw a video that one of my students at Wednesday night church youth group showed me. And it was this girl who was being trash talked to, called her many, many things. And so the girl finally had enough. She went up, started punching the girl, took her to the ground took her hair because, you know, girls have, you know, long hair usually. Grabbed her by the hair and the head and was repeatedly smashing her face into the, the pavement. Now, people look at that and they ooh and they ah and they think that's, oh, that's what she gets. That's what she deserves. But verse 17 says, never pay back evil for evil to anyone. Was that girl wrong in running her mouth, saying terrible things about this other girl? Absolutely. She should be reprimanded from that. She should be, uh, there should be consequences for that. But getting that payback doesn't solve the problem. Let's look at 1 Thessalonians 5.15. Let's look at a different passage of Scripture about this same exact thing. It says, See that no one repays another with evil for evil, but always 
always seek after that which is good for one another and for all people. See, those videos of people fighting, they, they entertain the destructive carnal side of our flesh. We like that stuff. It's intriguing to us. It's, it's exciting. They get what they deserve. But you're not going to see a viral video of someone being trash talked and then they say back to them, you know, I'm sorry you're hurting. I'm sorry you're angry. I'm sorry you feel that way, but, you know, I just love, care, and respect for you. I'm going to pray for you. And they walk away. That's not going to get the views. And that's not our first action. That's not where our flesh goes. That's not the natural function. The natural function is to do what that girl did. Throw punches, swear back, and make them pay. And that's not what God says to do. And you hear the old saying, well, an eye for an eye for a tooth for a tooth, right? We hear that. And what's interesting about that is that is not what was intended. Let's, let's read, though, real quick. We're going to read several passages of Scripture here about those such things. We're going to read Exodus 21, 23 through 26. It says, But if there is any further injury, then you shall point as a penalty life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot, burn for burn, wound for wound, bruise for bruise. If a man strikes the eye of the male or female slave and destroys it, he shall let him go free on the count of his eye. So here's the thing. Uh, people take sometimes, and this is what the Pharisees did, they took scripture and they twisted it and they ran with it Come to find out that that's not actually what was intended. But let's look at Leviticus 24, 20. Fracture for fracture, eye for eye, tooth for tooth. Okay? Just as he has injured a man, so shall it be inflicted on him. And then if you look at Deuteronomy 19, 21. Thus you shall not show pity, life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot. I think you see the theme there. That's where those things come from. And what's interesting, people, is the Old Testament law, the eye for eye for tooth for tooth, was never intended to be applied by individuals in the Old or New Testament. But it was a standard for the collective society to use to enforce good conduct among people. So they took it and they ran with it, uh, like we always do. And that's what, we, that's what people do. And, you know... Nothing has changed. There's nothing new under the sun. And so I want to read to you a passage of Scripture that beautifully represents how we're supposed to be. And we know Thessalonians was written by Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit. But I want to read you something here. And Peter, First Peter, and I want you to go to chapter 3, verse 8 and verse 9. Listen to this. To sum up, all of you be harmonious, sympathetic, brotherly, kind-hearted, humble in spirit, not returning evil for evil or insult for insult. There it is again. 
but giving a blessing instead. For you were called for this very purpose that you might inherit a blessing. We're going to break that verse down here because I think it's so important. So instead of paying back evil for evil, for evil what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to be harmonious. That means like-minded. We're supposed to be sympathetic. That means compassionate. It's something about compassion because sometimes we, we hear that word and we think we know what it means. And by we, I mean, I think I know what it means and I realize I don't fully know what it means. But compassion means to suffer together. In another way you could say is it's your pain in my heart. I've heard it said that and it's a beautiful way to say it. Your pain in my heart. I'm going to suffer with you through whatever it is you're going through. Now, worldly sympathy is, oh, I'm sorry to hear about you. My my thoughts are with you right now. So uh, good luck. That That's not biblical sympathy. Brotherly, that means loving the brothers, loving the brotherhood. Kind-hearted, that means a gut-level compassion, okay? Feel it in your guts. Humble in spirit. Remember, read Philippians 2, 3 through 4. Putting others above yourself. Not returning evil for evil or insult for insult. So the girl I told you about in that, vi- that video that was trash-talked and she had enough. That's what the flesh wants to do. But the spirit says, I have a more excellent way. I have a better way. But we are not to repay evil for evil or insult for insult. Everybody in this building I'm working in, wherever you're at, your family members, everybody has gone through something like this in their lifetime. You have been insulted, hated, mistreated, for no apparent reason. And the world will tell you to get yours back, to get to take that vengeance in your hands, to hold grudges and be hostile back to them. Because if you look at TV right now, that's what that's what sells. That's what intrigues people. Boy, wouldn't it be amazing if you had a show that truly showed forgiveness, compassionate, tenderheartedness, true sympathy, and harmoniousness? Wouldn't that be amazing? Well, we don't want shows like that. We like the we like the murder. We like the the violence. We like the you know we like the 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 sex and all that kind of stuff. And that's what sells because that's a the, it's not it's not by by accident people why those shows are so popular because it feeds into our carnality it feeds our fleshly desire because deep down even though you say that you may not want to ever do that you secretly want to do those things oh i wish i could do that but see, believers have a new nature. 
And it, and it may be very, very difficult for you to not pay back evil for evil or, or repay that insult for another insult. Trust me on that. I've had people very, very close to me, closer than you can think, insult me, accuse me of things, and hurt me deeply, literally for no reason. And to these specific people, I have never raised my voice. I've never insulted them. And I will admit, though, that there was a time where I did not pray for them. I'm just going to be really honest with everybody here. I did not pray for them, and I refused to pray for them. But God softened my heart because, as reading through Scripture, I've said it before and I'll say it again. When I read Scripture, there's two things that happen. I'm amazed and I'm convicted. And I was being convicted. I was James and John when they were telling Jesus to cast fire down from heaven. And God softened my heart. And the deeper I go with Christ, the, the more I want to show grace, mercy, and compassion to those people who hate me for no reason. But that's a, that's a transformed mind. That's what we're talking about. This doesn't come easy. This doesn't come natural. So listen to the last part of 17, because we're actually moving past 17 now. Respect what is right in the sight of all men. Be honorable. Christians are to respect what is naturally proper and honest and conduct their behavior in the right way when around both unbelievers and believers. We're supposed to be respectful, honorable at all times to all people, all men. Now here's verse 18. This is what we talked about earlier. If possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. That means all people. Christians are to do everything possible to be at peace with others. It won't always happen, but it does also depend on others' attitudes and responses. I'm going to tell you another quick story. And I apologize if I have said this story before, but it's applicable. So I first started out in education as a paraeducator. And I mentioned that way earlier. That's that's where my heart was. Those are my old stomping grounds. Paid my dues. I was very, very green in this classroom. About 29 kids in that classroom. That teacher was stressed out to the max. Of course, me being green, I had no idea. I didn't really know what was going on. I don't. I didn't know what it took to be a teacher. I didn't know the sacrifice. I didn't know all those things. And so, I'm doing what I I'm doing what I can and what I know to be right. But I don't know the intricate details. And you know, she didn't have enough time to you know take on another person that needed to learn. And this person screamed at me in the top of their lungs in front of everybody. Um, and she refused to talk to me most days. And then when I'm in the same room with her and she hadn't spoken to me all day and another para came in, they talked to each other like they're long lost buddies and laughing. And I'm like, boy, what did I even do? And then to make it worse, one day when we actually were having a conversation, we were walking out to our cars and I just literally said, I know I'm not that good. I, I know that you need more help. And I said, you pl- please tell me what I need to do to make it better and I'll do whatever it is 
that you want to do so that you feel better about stuff and I can, I can grow in this role. And it wasn't met with a lot of grace uh, as I thought it would be. And basically that mistreatment kept on. And then as the year ended, um, started the next year, I didn't quit. <laughs> but uh, the next year I actually started with another teacher in that same grade level. And she was just a wonderful teacher. So patient, down to earth. And uh, I actually missed working with that person. And, and, you know, we, we, we formed a good working relationship and I would say hi to that same teacher that mistreated me in the hallway. She just walked right past me and I was just baffled by that. I was like, man, what did I do? I mean, good grief, you know? And this is what we're talking about, my friends. If possible, so far as it depends on you. You can want it all you want, and you can do everything you can in your power to be at peace with all people, but it also depends on the other person. So guess what? It won't always happen. Peace won't always happen. But something amazing did happen my third year and final year. I was told I had to work with that individual again. Now, as you can probably imagine, my... Thoughts were not proper about this individual, and I was apprehensive and resistant. So I went up to the leaders, and I said, look, I'll do whatever it is you want me to do. But I'm going to let you know right now that a few years ago, I was mistreated. I knew I wasn't that good. I get it. But I said, I will not be treated like that again. And so... Long story short, everybody, they said, well, we'll have a chat chat with her and we'll let you know what happens. And after that, we were the greatest of friends. You would have never thought about it. I mean, she was so nice and kind to me. I'm like, what is happening? Well, here's what I didn't know. Over that past summer, now the mistreatment was... You know, that that wasn't okay. That was for no reason. But she was a really bitter individual, per her words. And that summer, going into the year I was supposed to work with her again, a piece of concrete from the interstate, so her husband was going underneath the bridge driving, piece of concrete broke off somehow just over time and it fell through the roof of his car missed his head by just a few inches hit him in the leg hurt his leg pretty good and that summer after he recovered from that they went on a family vacation and were uh, really just trying to enjoy life and each other and she said that that really changed her perspective on things. Now, verse 18, if possible, so far as it depends on you. Now, I was mistreated for no reason. 
But did I retaliate insult for insult? No. I wanted to. The day she yelled at me was the mo- one of the most embarrassing days I've ever had. Trust me, I wanted to fire back with every single ounce of energy and emotion that I had. But God tells us to control our emotions, to be self-controlled. And you know what? I'm representing Jesus Christ. And if I unleash my fury on her, I gain nothing. And I tear down the name of Christ. So I took it. Now, we became really good friends after that. Matter of fact, this past Halloween, because at my son's school, my former stomping grounds, they had a trunk or treat. And she was there. And like, hey, how's it going? And we had just had a great, where are you working at? Oh, wow, you're working there? Oh, that's so awesome. And this is great. And it, it was a really, it was just a really good few minutes. I give all the praise and honor and glory to God. And I'm so grateful that his spirit was within me, giving me that self-control because if it wasn't for him, I would have exploded that day. And I give him the glory. But that that's that shows you though that that peace may not come when you think it will come. You still have to live the Christian life. You have to follow in Christ's footsteps. Because if you pay back evil for evil, that peace will never exist. That it talks about in 18. And that's why here's verse 19. Never take your own revenge. Beloved, but leave room for the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Look at the movies today. Look at the movies. Most of the action movies are based upon vengeance, revenge. Even the Batman movie that came out last March, he said, I am vengeance. And trust me, I, I, I really like that movie. Some of the action movies. I like action movies. Okay? But listen. Those would not be entertaining movies if they were Christians. (laughs) Because he wouldn't say, I am vengeance. I was going to do my Batman voice, but I don't want to embarrass myself. But he says, I'm vengeance. Which was a really awesome line. But what if he said, God is my vengeance. And walked away. You know? I mean, there's nothing wrong with for standing up for innocent people. Don't get me wrong. But vengeance is God's. So it says, for it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay. He is quoting from Deuteronomy 32, 35. God is vengeance. When people insult you, they mistreat you, and do those things wrong to you for no reason at all, if they are unrepentant, Guess what's happening? Let's go back to chapter 2, verse 5. Now, what's going to happen here? Well, most of you know where I'm going, and if you don't, that's great because you're in for a treat. If people mistreat you, insult you, and they are unrepentant, and they enjoy it, and they they just kind of rub it in a little bit more, understand this in verse 5 of chapter 2 of Romans. Listen to this. But because of your stubbornness and unrepentant heart, 
you are storing up wrath for yourself in the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. Verse 6, who will render to each person according to their deeds. So when they sin against you, they are truly sinning against God. And trust me, trust me when I say this, that in Hebrews chapter 10, I want to read you this passage of scripture that is is so shocking and is so true. Hebrews 10.31 says, It is a terrifying thing to fall in the hands of the living God. So while they insult you and mistreat you, they are sinning against God and they are storing up wrath for themselves. That's why it says, but leave room for the wrath of God because your punches, your insults back to them pale in comparison to the judgment that is to come. But see, we don't pray for their judgment. We don't pray for their destruction. We we pray for their salvation. We pray that that heart of stone that's attacking you, we pray that that heart of stone is transformed to a heart of flesh and they come to repentance. Now listen to this. Proverbs 20, 22 says, Do not say, I will repay evil. Listen to this. Wait for the Lord and he will save you. Proverbs 24, 29. Do not say, thus I shall do to him as he has done to me. I will render to the man according to his work. That's God talking. So understand that we are not, it says, do not say, do not say. I will repay. I'll do to him as he done to me. We don't say those things. But that's so hard, isn't it? The world doesn't care. The world just acts on emotion. They just say, okay, you did this to me. Now I'm coming back at you. The Holy Spirit says, hold on a minute, Nate. Hold on. I told you don't, don't say those things. You know not to do those things. Yeah, but I really, really want to. No. Because when you go and get that revenge, which is that, by the way, taking revenge, that's a sin. Never take your own revenge. That's the Holy Spirit saying, don't do that. Don't pay back evil for evil. It's a sin, my friends. So when we want to do those things, but yeah, but, but he called me this, and he called my mother that, or he called my wife this, he called my kids that, or he's mistreating me, and, and he's doing all these things to me, or she's doing those things to me. Holy, the Holy Spirit says, just wait a minute. Remember, if you sin and do that, that's what Jesus had to die and pay for. You know, because what's the Holy Spirit? What's what, one of his things that he does for us? He reminds us of what Jesus said. What did Jesus say? Matthew 5, 44. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Right? Right? Oh, but I but I really no. Pray for them. Love them. 
Don't repay evil for evil, but seek after that which is good for them and all people. You know you're supposed to be harmonious. You know you're supposed to be sympathetic. You know you're supposed to be brotherly. You know you're supposed to be kind-hearted and humble in spirit. And if you sin against them because they've sinned against you, you're no better than they are. Right? How can they see the grace of God if you're showing sinful wrath? God's wrath is righteous and just. Ours is based off emotion and based off carnality and some false sense of pride. Vengeance is the Lord's. Nate, don't worry about that. Trust me, I will take care of it if they don't repent. But right now, I need you to be like your heavenly father who graciously forgave you, didn't I? Yes. Then forgive them as I've forgiven you. Be merciful as I've shown you mercy. It just breaks your heart. You're like, okay, Lord, I'm sorry. It's okay, son. I'm making you like me. I'm making you like my son. Just stay with me. Listen to what I've said. If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in doing so, you will heat burning coals on his head. And the burning coals on his head means this. It was an ancient Egyptian custom in which a person who wanted to show public contrition carried a pan of burning coals on his head, and the coals represented the burning pain of his shame and guilt. See, believers that help, love, and pray for their enemies, that should bring shame to such a person for their hatred and their animosity towards you. And the cherry on top is verse 21. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. What's this good stuff we're talking about? We're talking about that good fruit that math that Matthew seven seventeen is talking about. A good tree bears good fruit. What's the good fruit? The fruit of the spirit: love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self control. Our gentleness and self control. We're to be respectful, as it talks about in verse seventeen, not paying back evil for evil. Letting our speech be with grace as seasoned with salt, putting others above ourselves, and looking out for the interests of others, not just our own. P loving and praying for our enemies. That's the good we're talking about. That sacrificial, benevolent, God-honoring love that he showed sinners. Remember, Roman, Romans is such a powerful book. But Romans 5.8, for yet while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's the kind of love we have to have for other people. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share this little um, tidbit with you in verse 21. The word overcome, because I read out of the New American Standard 95 version. And actually in the New Living Translation, it actually has this translated correctly, which is awesome. But the word overcome in the Greek means to conquer. 
So listen to this. So instead of reading it, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Listen to this. Do not be conquered by evil, but overcome or but conquer evil with good. There's so much evil in the world today. You cannot overcome evil with evil. Let me say that again. You cannot overcome or conquer evil with evil. You conquer evil with the goodness of God, with the fruits of the Holy Spirit, loving your enemies, praying for those who persecute you, following all the things that God says to do, and treating others better than you treat yourself. Love one another as I have loved you. Pray for those who persecute you. That is how we overcome evil or conquer evil with good. So these five verses are so powerful. So what are the takeaways? Never pay back evil for evil. So far as it depends on you, be at peace with all people. Never take your revenge. Show grace to people. So show compassion to sinners because that's where you, that's where you used to be. You used to be in the direct line of path of destruction of God's wrath and judgment. Show mercy to those people. Love your enemies. If they're hungry, feed them. If they're thirsty, give them a drink. Conquer evil with good. And I'm going to say this last little bit because I have a lot of a lot of mature Christians that are going through this right now. That first part of verse 21, do not be overcome or conquered by evil. A lot of people are getting bitter and they're losing love for unbelievers because of the sin that is so rampant in the world today. It's starting to it's starting to make their love grow cold. Your love has to be more on fire for them than it ever has been in, in history. We were born for such a time as this. It's not an accident that you are here today, that you are listening to this today. God is spurring you into action. He is transforming your mind and my mind to be conformed to the image of His Son, Jesus Christ, so that we can glorify Him in all of our things we say, all the things that we do, and that He can use us to sanctify and edify other people and also to draw people that are outside of the faith in. Let Him use you. Let Him sanctify you. Let Him do His perfect sanctifying work through the Word of God, through the Holy Spirit, in your life, in your heart, in your soul. Transformed life is a life contrary to everything that we know but it is the most wonderful, glorious, and powerful thing in the world. And what an honor and privilege it is to be called a child of God, for such we are. So I pray that the Lord blesses and keeps you and gives you peace. And remember, my dear brothers and sisters, that everything is in Christ, with Christ, and for Christ. And until next time, God bless you all.